Welcome to Wisdom's Echo, Origin Gate's daily podcast. If you love Wisdom's Echo and want to invest in the lives of our speakers, head to patreon.com slash wisdoms echo, where for as little as $2 a month, you can help us deliver the same impactful content you enjoy. Hey everyone, Mario Salinas here. Such a delight to be bringing story time to you yet again. There is a condition that has run among the males in my family line called angulosing spondylitis, which has brought much suffering and also to a degree deformation, especially in the backs of most males in my family going all the way back many generations. This condition was not diagnosed in me until a few years ago when after more than 20 years of excruciating pain and much suffering and some curvature in my upper back, I went through another, yet another series of tests which uh, led me to a rheumatologist that diagnosed the condition which has only been diagnosed as angulosing spondylitis over the last 10 years or so, more and more. And they were able to direct me and prescribe me medications that have basically given me my life back with very minimal uh, impact on the rest of my body. It's been a win-win. And one thing I'd like to say real quick about pharma and doctors and medications, I know that many, many people in our stream are not as favorable or positive about pharma. I want to say that everything that is injected into my body or that I take in any way by way of medications ultimately was created by Yahweh. Man did not create anything. And so I give him glory and praise and thanks ultimately for my uh, healing and for the relief I've been able to get and the fact that I'm able to do again things that doctors for many years told me I would never do again. And one of those things is exercise. I had a very rigorous exercise regimen and lifestyle, I should say, when I was younger, all the way up through my uh, military years serving in the Special Forces, as I've shared in other stories before. And I went through a lot of very intense testing in my body through the various things that we had to do, both uh, when I was an athlete uh, on track and field and then later on through the military. But in my college years is when I started to have spasms in my back and then later on in my young adulthood, I suffered greatly. I, I had excruciating pain almost every day of my life, took medications to alleviate that pain until I was finally diagnosed with AS a few years back and I was put on the right medications and then little by little I started to regain my activity schedule or regimen leading up to last December when taking a huge chance and with a lot of fear and trembling, I joined my wife in something she had started months earlier, an exercise regimen called CrossFit. Now, if anyone has heard of CrossFit or has done CrossFit, you know that it's a very intense uh, workout, uh, an exercise program that puts you through both aerobic and anaerobic and strengthening and Olympic weightlifting exercises Every single day, the workouts are different every day, and they combine both uh, things that will make you run out of breath very quickly and things that will strengthen your muscles also. 
And when I started, I, I to tell you that I was the worst is an understatement. I remember having to do 40 spins on a jump rope and after 10, I could barely breathe. This is because I, uh, for more than 22 years, I had not done any workouts. I had not done anything uh, severely cardiovascular, I should say, in terms of exercise. And I suffered so much uh, the first few weeks. Um, it's been about five months now that I've been doing it. So I'm, I'm, I'm in a much better place than I was back then. But about two weeks in, the, the exercises vary and some of them are are very um, gymnastic oriented. Some of them are, are, you know, jumping on rings and doing muscle ups, which obviously I'm not doing, but uh, a lot of pull ups, a lot of push ups, a lot of burpees, a lot of things that move your body weight um, a lot and, and the movement of your entire body causes you to run out of breath very quickly, especially if you're jumping or things like that. And even though I, I, I struggled so much, I kept telling I kept telling people at the gym and, and my coaches in particular, no matter how bad I am at this, there's only one thing I know I'm very good at. I'm, I'm very good at not quitting. I don't know how to give up and I'm not going to give up. As long as my body holds up, I'm going to keep going. So about two weeks in, we had rope climbs. So these ropes that are generally tucked to the side, hanging from the top, but always to the side because we generally don't use the ropes. On that particular Sunday, actually, it was the ropes were hanging down and we there were three or four of them. And the exercise for the day, it's called a WOD, workout of the day. Um, the Metcon, for those of you that know the language of, of CrossFit, was for us to be climbing the rope. Now, I... I have climbed more rope than most people have that are listening to this to this particular podcast combined because the Green Beret lifestyle, especially in the combat unit that I served, required that we climb rope almost every single day, sometimes several times a day. And when I talk about climbing rope, I'm not talking about the CrossFit ropes that are about uh, you know, 15, 20 feet from the ceiling. I'm talking ropes that went up um, uh, the, these obstacle courses that went uh, very high. I don't know exactly how high it is, so I don't want to just say a number, but it was at least at least three times the height we are climbing in the gym right now. And so we were climbing rope, and on the uh, uh, beneath the rope was a, an actual moat full of water, of mucky, dirty, frog-infested, maybe even snake-infested water. I never wanted to fall in to discover what was in that water, and I never did. And so you learn how to climb the rope by using your feet to to wrap the rope around your feet and step on it instead of using your arm strength, which will run out very quickly if you're climbing a tall rope. You use your feet to kind of hug the rope and then bring one foot on top of the other foot, stepping on the rope and then stepping up. And it's it's harder it's it's harder to explain than it is to demonstrate, but we did this so much that it was second nature to me and I had not climbed a rope since 1990. So 1990, fast forward to 33 years later, around February of 2023 or, or January of 2023 is when the ropes were hanging and I was to climb them. Now, 
every single exercise that we have, I generally have to modify, meaning that I have to change the exercise a bit to be able to do it because the things that CrossFit is requiring of the CrossFit athletes, I'm not yet able to perform at the level that they're calling for it. So you're allowed to scale it is the term or even to modify the exercise so you can do it. But when it came to the rope, I decided to just give it a shot. I thought, what if I can actually climb this rope after so many years on a rope? And the coach showed me, demonstrated how I should do it. And of course, I didn't say a word about any of my military background or what I had done. That is not the place for me to talk about that. Why? Because I was so terrible at what I was doing with CrossFit and so winded all the time. I was a terrible representation of Green Berets if I said I was a Green Beret once. So I kept my mouth shut, didn't say anything. And I listened to the coach and he demonstrated what to do. And I, for some reason, when I started to go up this rope, for some reason, a very strange reason, everybody in the gym stopped what they were doing and were watching me. Because here's this guy who many people thought I was gonna die every single day for the last two weeks while I was doing the exercises. And now I start going up this rope as though I had gone up the rope yesterday. And I went up and down two, three times. I followed the exact technique that the coach was showing me. And people started cheering and clapping and it was very, very awkward. And coming down on the rope is another technique you have to use so that you don't burn your hands coming down too fast or your legs and, you, and, and all of that was just second nature to me and it all came back to me. And the reason why I'm sharing it here is because there is this amazing physical component in us called muscle memory, whereby the muscles of our body, when our body is put into tension in certain ways, will develop a pattern of flexing or releasing or doing what muscles do to enable us to fulfill the requirements of that particular activity. And muscle memory is where the muscles develop a memory, a way of remembering a pattern of knowing what to do when you're in the same situation you were. That's why when you learn how to ride a bike when you're little, both your your brain and your muscles work together to put you back on the bike many years later and you're able to ride it as though you were riding it all along. And it's the same thing that happened to me that, that muscle memory kicked in and my muscles remembered what to do going up and down that rope. And it was, it was spectacular. It was such, such an encouragement to me and perhaps the most encouraging moment in many, many years uh, that had anything to do with my physical body because I was so excited that I have a shot at this again, that I'm able to actually get back in shape. And the climbing of the rope was my, my sign, if you would, of my body to me, we're gonna be okay. There's something more powerful than muscle memory that is an even greater memory than that. And it's, and it's a God memory, I wanna call it. It's where we remember the Lord our God, especially in hard times. But the way God memory works, if I can put it that way, rather than muscle memory, muscle memory is our own muscles remembering us, remembering what we do when we're in a certain situation that requires of the muscles to perform a certain way. But I believe God memory or spiritual memory, if you want to call it that, 
is when we cry out to Yahweh to remember us. There are many, many portions in Scripture where individuals whom we esteem so highly throughout Scripture asked Yahweh to remember them. Not one person, I believe, asked Yahweh to remember them because they believed he forgot them. It's impossible for him who is perfect and blameless in all his ways to forget anything. All things, all thoughts, all intents of the heart are always something he's aware of, right? But individuals throughout scripture that we esteem highly asked Yahweh to remember them. For example, the mother of Samuel, Hannah, who cried out and said, uh, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. And so she is asking Yahweh to remember her in her affliction, basically her barrenness and enable her to have a child. How about Samson? When he called out to the Lord, when he was tied between two pillars, his eyes gouged out by the Philistines and said, O oh Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray. Justice once, O oh God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. And throughout scripture, we find Nehemiah as well saying, Remember me, my God, for good, according to all that I have done for this people. There are these moments when God's servants cry out to him and say, remember me and remember who I am in you and what I've stood for in your name, representing you. But my favorite and something I'm going to spend some time this year teaching on in the days ahead is, is when Hezekiah, the king, had Isaiah show up and tell him to get his house in order because he would die. It said, go tell Hezekiah, thus says the Lord God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I've seen your tears. This came after the word from Isaiah to Hezekiah was, you're going to die. Set your house in order for you shall die and not live. That's verse one of, of Isaiah 38. But it says, Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed to the Lord and said, remember now, O Lord, I pray how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart, and have done what is good in your sight. And he wept bitterly. And it says, within moments, Yahweh told Isaiah to go back to Hezekiah and say, I've heard your prayer, I've seen your tears, and I will add to your days 15 years. So the man who received pretty much a death sentence, right? Not as a punishment, but basically a, a proclamation from the prophet that ultimately came from Yahweh, get your house in order, you're going to die asks Yahweh to remember him and he lives another 15 years profound phenomenal right that Yahweh would heed our plea to remember us and I believe that is spiritual memory that is when we leverage or we pull on who we are in him and what we have done to represent him well and we say Yahweh remember me and the reason why I wanted to share this is because I believe someone listening to this can cry out to Yahweh today and say, remember me in my affliction. Remember me in this predicament I find myself. Remember me in this time of need. Remember me, Yahweh, who I am in you and what I live for, which is to represent your kingdom to the best of my ability. 
I bless you, friend, wherever you are in the nations. May you have great muscle memory and may you have even greater spiritual memory as we move forward in the Lord. Uh, Shalom.